Bibles, go ahead and open up to, jo- to uh, Joseph, not Joseph, to Genesis chapter 47. And we're going to continue on our series in Joseph and um, jo- Genesis chapter 47, Genesis 47. And we're going to continue on our series there in Joseph. And uh, again, I have, I've got a touch of a cold, and so I feel bad, but uh, it is what it is. And uh, I remember in Italy, I was, uh, I remember many times in Peru I was sick, but I remember specifically in Italy, and uh, my whole family was sick. I mean, we, I don't know what it was, but we got something, and it wiped us all out. And, uh, and Sunday rolled around, and in, in Italy, if I was not there, church just did not function. I mean, there was just no way for it to go forward. So I went, and I was sick as a dog, and, and I went, and uh, I had to lead singing, and uh, I think we sang very few songs, maybe one or two, and, uh, which was abnormal for us. And, uh, and then I preached while we took the offering, and, uh, and then I preached, and uh, uh, I, closed, I, had to, I had to open the church, I had to close the church up, I mean, I, everything, I had to do everything. And so uh, I did everything, and uh, I, I went home, and we only had uh, one service, I think it was, that day. And um, I went home, and the next day, my wife and I, we went out to get medicine. We said, well, we got to go get medicine, we need some stuff. So we went and bought medicine, and, and I remember saying... Uh, we need to swing by the church, just make sure. Any time I usually went out, I would swing by the church, just make sure everything was fine. It was all closed up and no problems. And, and so we swung by the church, and when we did, uh, I realized that uh, when I locked up the church, I, I didn't lock up at all. <laughs> Matter of fact, I walked out, closed the door, and I got my car and left. And in, in Italy, we had a, uh, it was a glass door that was right on the street, and then there was like a garage-type door that would close and block the glass from the street, and so nobody could just walk in. And, and, uh, and I remember I closed the glass door behind me, but I never closed that big garage door. And, uh, and so I, I got out, and my, we parked, of course, I got out and went to the church, and I, I turned the door handle, and it was wide open. I mean, it hadn't even been, I didn't even lock it when I left. I was just so sick. And I, I walked in the church and I looked around and everything was still there. And, uh, and so I just, I said, well, praise the Lord. Everything's here. Nothing, nobody touched anything. No homeless people moved in. So I guess we're good. And, uh, and so I pulled the garage door and locked it up and, and, uh, and continue on my merry way. But uh, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. Just uh, a funny story because in, in Peru, I remember thinking to myself, man, in Peru, if I would have done that in Peru, uh, boy, before, before 1 o'clock in the morning, the place would have been gutted, and they would have stole the toilets and the pipes, and I mean everything. So, um, so I was just really grateful that nothing, absolutely nothing happened, and uh, nobody had taken anything, and uh, I was really uh, grateful to the Lord for that. So I don't feel that sick. Praise the Lord for that. But uh, uh, Genesis chapter number 47 we're going to continue in our series of the, the book of Joseph, or the, the book of Joseph. Boy, I, I hope I get everything straight. If I misspeak this morning, uh, I'm trying to function the best I can. I put a cough drop in my mouth too, and I hate having stuff in my mouth while I'm speaking, so I hope everything goes well. But the book of Genesis and the life of Joseph we've been studying, and this morning we're going to look at Joseph as uh, clearly as superior in many regards of his life. And uh, there's so many ways that God blessed Joseph, not just in his position of being second in the kingdom, uh, and not just in his ability to be able to save many lives alive, uh, the countless amount of people and lives that were saved because Joseph 
Joseph was there, and because he was able to interpret the dreams of, of um, Pharaoh, that God had given him that ability, and his ability to administer everything that had taken place. You talk about a, a great load of responsibility was just cast upon Joseph, and he was able to bear all of that, and, and what, a, what a great ability that God had truly blessed Joseph with. But I'm reminded of Psalm uh, 1, 1 through 3, and you can mark it down, or you can turn there if you'd like, if you're uh, quick at turning. Psalm 1, one, just for the first three verses, I had to memorize this when I was younger, and it's, been, it's always been stuck in my mind, and I think of these verses frequently. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Well, let's just read the rest of the chapter short. It's just three more verses, and it's a contrast. In the second half, he gives the ungodly. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And so, uh, what a wonderful psalm. And I'm reminded of this psalm as we go through uh, Joseph in many aspects aspects that really he was superior. So back in Genesis 47, in verse 29 at the very end of the chapter, <clears throat> Genesis 47, 29, the Bible says, and the time drew nigh that Israel must die. And he called his son Joseph and said to him, if now I have found grace in thy sight, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and deal kindly and truly with me. Bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. But I will lie with my fathers, and thou shalt carry me out of Egypt, and bury me in their burying place. And he said, I will do as thou hast said. And he said, Swear unto me. And he swore unto him, and Israel bowed himself upon the bed's head. And let's pray. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. We thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for uh, the privilege that we have to be in your house. God, I pray that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me. God, I pray that you'd give me clarity of thought, clarity of mind this morning. God, I pray that you would touch each and every heart as only you can. And God, I pray that you would just uh, uh, move and work. And Father, we'll be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this, uh, we're going to look at the latter part of, of really Joseph and really Jacob, the latter part of Jacob's life and where he dealt with his children. And it's interesting here in this passage because in this passage we find that he only, uh, Joseph is the only one there. It's Joseph and Jacob. There's not the other brothers. Uh, nobody else is there. And, uh, and he's, he called in Joseph, and there's some things that were said here uh, that's a very intimate uh, hospital-type setting, if it were, that, uh, that here's Joseph and here's Jacob, who is obviously elderly, obviously uh, does not have very long to live, but he's concerned for some things. 
And he says here that, uh, that he says, hey, Joseph, I want to make sure that I'm buried in the right place. And so we see the promises of Joseph and how he made some promises to Jacob. And he kept those promises as well. But I want you to notice, first of all, the, uh, the broken trust. The broken trust, not between Joseph and Jacob, but rather between uh, Reuben, who would have been the firstborn of, of Jacob's sons, and, and the other sons, really, and Jacob. Jacob did not call the other sons in for this very intimate setting and for this uh, dialogue. He waited until when? When he was just alone with Joseph. And it was a, a very, uh, very intimate setting where he would talk very, uh, very carefully with Joseph. And you look at that and you say, well, why, why didn't he talk with the other sons? Why didn't he have them all come in? And why didn't he sit down with all of them and say, hey, here is what is going on. And here's what I want taken care of. But he didn't do that. He appoints one person and he brings in Joseph. And I think a lot of that is because if you look at the past as we have, and you look at the life of the brothers uh, and how they had lived, there was some broken trust there. You remember going all the way back as Joseph as a son, uh, he would, uh, his father would be like, hey, I want you to go check on your brothers. You remember that was, the last, that was the last task he had been assigned. Why did his father have to constantly send Joseph to check on his brothers? Because they were not trustworthy. And the things that they would do would bring reproach and shame upon the family. And so uh, we see that even though that was some 20 years ago, Jacob, uh, even now, because it may be because it's all fresh, I mean, after all, he did just find out that Joseph's still alive. Not even probably a year has passed since that time has gone by. We don't know for sure. And the Bible at least doesn't indicate. But we do see that, uh, that, and so maybe all those old wounds are now fresh for Jacob as he says, man, my, my sons have lied to me all these years. And Joseph is alive. And I don't know if he discovered the full truth. I don't know all the details about that. But I do recognize and I do understand that there was a broken trust between Jacob and the rest of his sons. So he calls in Joseph. And we see the bedside care of Joseph. Joseph, Joseph though a very important and busy man, took time to honor his father. I mean, could you imagine? Uh, I, I would not want to be in Joseph's shoes. I'll tell you that straight up. Uh, that was a lot of pressure. That was a lot of responsibility to manage an entire country, manage all the crops, make sure everything's running smoothly. Uh, that's a, that's a, a very uh, high position of management. And yet, in all of the importance and in all of his prominence, Joseph still took time to take care of his father. What a, what a bedside care that he had for his father. And the Bible would tell us in Ephesians 6, 2, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise. And uh, listen, society really doesn't promote it. Matter of fact, society is almost contrary to that. Uh, but it is a biblical principle to honor uh, our parents. And so uh, we understand that and we can see that illustrated in the life of Joseph. We see his bedside care. But I want you to notice as well the primary topic uh, of the, this promise that was, that was given to Joseph in verse number 29. He says, And the time drew nigh that Israel, that would be Jacob, must die. And he called his son Joseph and said unto him, If now I have, if, 
If now I have found grace in thy sight, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and deal kindly and truly with me. Bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. We can see Jacob's great faith in all reality. Uh, as, as he's saying, hey, listen, uh, Egypt is not the place that God promised my forefathers. That's not where I want to be. Matter of fact, it's so important to me that after I'm dead, I want you to take my dead body and I want you to go all the way back to Canaan and I want it buried in God's promised land. Boy, that's faith that Jacob had. That's great faith. He was concerned even after his death what would become of him, where he would be laid to rest because he wanted it substantial that, hey, listen, God had promised them the land of Israel. And God had promised them Canaan land. And, uh, and so we find that uh, Jacob, with great faith, is saying, hey, listen, this is not God's land. This is not the place that I want to be uh, finalized, uh, resting. I want back home where God has given his promise. And we find as Joseph goes down, Joseph's approval was more than just honoring his father, uh, and he was sharing his faith. You look all the way at the end of Joseph's life, and he requested the same thing. He said, listen, I don't want to be buried in Egypt. I want you to take me back to Canaan land. That's where, that's where the promised land is. That's where the promises of God are. And he said, he said, we may be here right now, but it's a temporary thing, and I want to make sure that my, my body is relocated all the way down in Canaan land. And so we can see Jacob's faith in his request. And uh, not only that, we can see uh, Jacob's resolve in his faith. Uh, Jacob was, uh, wasn't interested in the world or its wealth. Uh, he was concerned with God's promises and abiding there. Matter of fact, he goes a little bit later in one of the passages. I'm not sure where right off the top of my head. But he says, uh, he says hey, I want you to bury me where, uh, where, where Rachel is buried. And he'd go back and he'd go where Isaac is buried. And, and basically, there was a plot of land. There was a family place, a uh, cave, where they had been buried. And that's where he wanted to be. And he said, listen, I'm not interested in what this world has. Could you imagine the burial that he probably could have had there in Egypt? I mean, with Joseph being second in command of all the kingdom, uh, I would imagine it would have been uh, the, the, the most prominent burial in all of Egypt. I mean, uh, short, second of, of, of Pharaoh, uh, he certainly could have made a very prominent burial, a very prominent place to be buried, a place where he would be recognized. People would walk by and say, hey, that's Joseph's father is buried there, and he's second in all the kingdom. But, but Jacob was not concerned with any of that. He didn't want the world's recognition. He wasn't interested in what the world would have to offer. He wasn't interested in having a, a great burial site or recognition. He was more concerned with what God had promised him than what all the world could offer him. What a wonderful testimony that Jacob had. What a, what a wonderful uh, a testimony, really, that Joseph had... Um, had uh, agreed to do what his father had asked him. I'm reminded of that verse in Colossians 3, 2, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Boy, the earth is such a, uh, the world is such a 
we live in such a materialistic society. And everyone's saying, well, this and that, and, and uh, boy, you got to have this. And, and the whole idea of the world is, man, you gotta, you got you to gotta be a millionaire. you got to be a billionaire. You know, once you make a millionaire, then that's not enough. Then you got to be a billionaire, and then you got to be a, 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 you know, a multi-billionaire or whatever the next thing is. And, and they're constantly driving, and they're constantly pushing for worldly stuff. And the bottom line is, it's all going to burn up. It's all going to be gone. At the end of the world, everything's gone, and it really doesn't matter. And we ought to set our affection, our heart's desires, our love, our passion on things above. Jacob obviously resolved that in his life, and he passed that down to Joseph. And we can see that in this passage, that he said, hey, I'm concerned about this. Look at verse number 30, uh, 31, excuse me, 31. We say, and he said, swear unto me, and he swear unto him, I love this, and Israel bowed himself upon the bed's head. Not only do we see his, uh, his request, his resolve, but I want you to notice in verse number 31, he rested in that promise that Joseph gave him. Joseph said, Dad, I'll do it. No problem. I will make sure it is done. And, and, and you could just kind of picture Jacob as he's maybe sitting up in the bed and he's taking every ounce of strength that he has to say, hey, this is important to me. And I want to make sure that this is dealt with correctly. And I want to make sure that I end up back in Canaan land. And I don't want to be left here in Egypt. And, and so he's, he's very uh, intent on expressing what he wants done uh, with his body after he's gone. And, and after Joseph says, Dad, I'm going to do that. The Bible says that he bowed himself upon the bed's head. Now, I don't know what, I looked that phrase up and it shows up one other place when uh, King David is talking with his son Solomon just before he too passed on. Uh, but I kind of picture and imagine that Joseph was there, or Jacob was there rather, and he was intent on explaining all of this. And once he had the affirmation from Joseph that, hey, dad, it will be done, that he just sat back and he rested. And he said, okay, I can trust that this is going to be taken care of. And we see the rest of faith, and I'm reminded of uh, the verse Proverbs three, five, and six that uh, that I love, and uh, and then sometimes I hate as well. Uh, maybe hate's too strong a word, but I don't like. My flesh doesn't like. Uh, it says, "Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding." Listen, that faith is is letting go and letting God and believing God's promise. Jo Jacob, at this point in his life, he let go and he said, I'm entrusting this. I'm committing it to Joseph and I'm trusting that Joseph is going to take care of it. And he rested in that. He bowed himself upon his bed. He sat back and he just kind of relaxed and said, I know that this is going to be taken care of. And, uh, and oh, how we need to rest in our faith with the Lord Jesus Christ and, uh, and trust that he is going to do uh, what he has promised to do. And so we see the promise of Joseph as he deals with his father here in a very uh, quiet and personal setting uh, that he alone is there with his father. Go with me to the next chapter, uh, Genesis 48. And I want you to notice the portion of Joseph. This is really interesting as we look at this. Genesis chapter number 48, we've seen the promises of Joseph here at the end of chapter 47. Now we'll see the portion of Joseph. Uh, look with me in chapter 48, verse number 1. 
And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto me. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. I want you to notice that this is a totally separate occasion from when Joseph was there before. When Joseph was there the first time in those verses that we just read, uh, he was called in all by himself and he didn't bring anybody with him. In this opportunity, when Joseph is called in, hey, your dad's not doing very well. You could see maybe the, uh, those Egyptians that were taking care of Joseph or Jacob uh, saying, hey, Joseph, listen, your dad's had a bad day. Uh, things aren't going so well. Maybe you ought to go see him. And so he's called in and as Joseph goes in, he says, you know what? I'm going to take my two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. So I want you to notice that this is a separate visit and it is with Joseph and his two sons. And he's going to talk here about the, uh, he's really going to, I don't know that it's mentioned in the passage, but really what he's doing is he's giving out the birthright. Now, what is the birthright? And I want to explain that really quick because uh, I, I myself was a little bit foggy on what that was. And uh, the birthright is a physical blessing of passing down the family inheritance. You remember Jacob and Esau, the twin brothers. And, uh, and there was, uh, there, there came time for uh, Isaac's death. And Isaac said, hey, uh, hey, Esau, who was his oldest son, uh, the twin that was born before Jacob. And uh, he said, I want you to go out in the field and I want you to get me some venison and I want you to uh, cook it nice and savory. Uh, that's why I like Isaac. I, I, like, I like venison and I like it savory. Amen. Uh, if you're going to have food, you better put spice on it. You better, uh, man, man, dress it up really good. And, uh, and so he sent out Esau and he said, hey, I want you to go in the field and I want you to get venison. I'll cook it the way I like it. And he said, I want you to bring it back and I'm going to give you a blessing, which would have been the birthright. And uh, because he was the oldest son. And, uh, and, and you remember the story how that Jacob come in and, uh, and he tricked uh, Isaac, who, who could not see very well. His eyes, the Bible says, were dimmed and his eyes weren't working well. And, and he put, uh, of course, his mom had helped him put goat skin on his arms and on the back of his neck and, and, uh, and fixed him some, uh, some meat and made it savory like he liked it. And, and he went in and, uh, and though Isaac thought and suspected, hey, he said, the voice sounds like Jacob uh, and not that of Esau, but man, you're hairy. And, uh, and Jacob was, was not hairy and Esau was hairy. He said, so wow, I feel all the hairs. So you must be, uh, certainly you must be Esau. And, uh, and so he blessed him. And you remember at that time, that's when Jacob had to flee. I mean, I, I, Esau came back and boy, he was, I, he said, I'm going to kill my brother. And there was some serious family tension going on. And Jacob fled. And, uh, of course, that's where he ended up meeting Laban and eventually marrying uh, Jacob and Leah and the whole history there. Uh, but uh, we see all of that. But the birthright there had been stolen. And that birthright was a physical blessing of passing down the family inheritance. Uh, go with me to save your spot here in, in Genesis 48. And I'd like you to see this verse in the Bible. This verse helped me tremendously. 1 Chronicles chapter number 5. 1 Chronicles chapter number 5. And verse number 1. And this explains to us the, uh, the birthright 
there's, the, there's two things. There's the birth rate and, and the other is, uh, is a, a spiritual blessing. So the birth rate would be the physical blessing of passing down physical things. And the, the spiritual uh, blessing would be that of being in the lineage of Jesus Christ. So there's two separate things that are going on. And after Jacob, uh, being the youngest, received the birthright from his father, uh, then he, he decided that he was going to pass it down to whom he will. And so uh, I find it interesting because I think... Joseph, being the oldest from Rachel, which was his first love, uh, he said, hey, that's going to be my birthright child, okay? Uh, you can go back and look at all the history. That's really interesting. But nonetheless, second, First Chronicles 5 and verse number 1, he says, Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn, but for as much as he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given unto the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel. And the genealogy is not to be reckoned after the birthright. In other words, the genealogy would be the line of Jesus Christ. Go to the next verse. It clarifies that. It says, For Judah prevailed above his brethren, and of him came the chief ruler. That is a, that is a prophetical statement towards Jesus Christ. But of him came the chief ruler, but the birthright was Joseph's. And so I just want you to recognize that there's two separate things going on. One is the lineage of Jesus Christ, and the other is the physical blessing that his father is passing down uh, to Joseph. And so we see that, uh, that, that uh, in this passage, we're going to see that Joseph received a, a portion more than his brothers. And it was a birthright. It was a physical blessing. And so look with me in verse, uh, these verses as we, back in Genesis chapter 48, as we see the, uh, the benediction or the double blessing. Look with me in chapter 48 and verse number 15. You would have to read this entire chapter to see all the blessing that God gives to Joseph. But look, within verse, look with me in verse number 15. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day. And so he's blessing Joseph. This is the first time that there was a blessing given out. And of course, he gave it to Joseph's two sons, uh, Ephraim and Manasseh. And so, uh, so it was a blessing, therefore, to Joseph. Uh, but, but what an encouragement as we look at that and we read that, we say, man, uh, that he would receive his father's blessing after all these years uh, of, of dif difficulty, really. And struggles in his life as he goes up and down and uh, this thing and, and that thing. And he has all these, these difficult things happen. But he's ultimately blessed in the end. Chapter 49 and verse number 28. I want you to see this. Flip over one page and it says, All these are the twelve tribes of Israel. And this is it that their father spake unto them and blessed them 
every one according to his blessing, he blessed them. So in chapter 48, uh, Joseph specifically is blessed, and his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And then we find in chapter 49, if you were to read all of that, you would find that all the tribes or all the children of Israel were blessed. He goes on in verse 3, he says, Reuben in chapter 49, 3, he says, Reuben, there's his blessing. He says in verse 5, Simeon, and there's his blessing. In, in verse 8, he says, Judah, there's his blessing. And, and he goes on and on. He goes through each one, and then he closes it out and says, hey, each tribe and each child would receive their blessing. But if you look at that, you would find that Joseph received a double blessing. Because in chapter 48, he was blessed. And then in chapter 49, he was blessed again. And, uh, and listen, as a child of God, and as somebody who strives to live and do right, hey, listen, it's worth it. Because God blesses. And oh, I know there's hardships along the way. I know there's struggles. Joseph had struggles along his way. We saw that in his life. But in the end, he ended up with a double blessing. And his brothers only got blessed once. And so I'm just saying, pointing out that what a blessing it is to be able to serve the Lord and do what is right. And Joseph certainly uh, exemplified that in his life. And we see the benediction and the blessing that he received uh, because of, uh, of his living right. The brothers were only blessed once. And so we see that. Now, I want you to look as well as the, uh, not only the blessing or the benediction, but the boys. Uh, look with me in verse number 5, chapter 48 and verse 5. And I found this very interesting. This is kind of historical and yet very interesting. He says in verse 5, And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee into Egypt, are mine, as Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. We find that Jacob says, listen, these two, grand, these, two, these two grandchildren of mine, these two, your children, Ephraim and Manasseh, um, he says, they shall be mine. In other words, I'm going to adopt them as my own children. And, and as you read throughout history, you'll find out uh, that, that oftentimes throughout history, you'll hear of the tribe of Ephraim. You'll hear of the tribe of Manasseh uh, and those, those two tribes. Why? Because Jacob took them as his own and made them their own tribes. Uh, you go through the book of Numbers, and you don't have to turn there for sake of time, but in Numbers 1.10, Moses selects someone from the tribe of Ephraim and someone from Manasseh to help uh, number the people. As they're numbering the people and getting ready uh, to go and, 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 and uh, spy out the land of Canaan. Not only that, but as you go down through that chapter, you'll find that uh, each tribe was referenced with its own number. So in other words, Ephraim had a number. Manasseh had a uh, its own number. Uh, Simeon, Judah, Reuben, all, Gad, Asher, all the other tribes, they also had their own number. But historically, it's playing out that, hey, uh, as Jacob said, uh, Ephraim and Manasseh, they shall be mine. In other words, he took them unto himself and treated them each as an individual tribe of Israel. And you'll see that play out all throughout uh, the, the history of the nation of Israel. When the spies were selected to go into, uh, to go into uh, Canaan land and spy out the land, there was a spy chosen from uh, Ephraim and there was a spy chosen from Manasseh. Why? Because they were treated as their own individual tribes. And so you'll find... 
that God had blessed Jacob, or, and Joseph rather, uh, through his children of Ephraim and Manasseh, making them each uh, their own individual tribes. Now you're looking at that, and you're saying, wait a minute, we got a problem, because there's 12 tribes of Israel, and we just added two, so now there's 13 tribes of Israel, so we have a problem. And, uh, and God resolves all of that because the, uh, the nation or the tribe of Levi, if you remember correct, they were chosen to be the priesthood in the nation of Israel. So therefore, they didn't inherit any land. Uh, they, were, they were not given. You'll look on maps, you'll not find a region dedicated to the people of Levi. Uh, because they were God's chosen people, that was the priesthood. And they would serve in the temple for the rest of their life. They were not to inherit land. They were not to inherit any, any uh, uh, thing, per se. Uh, God gave them specific areas in a city, uh, cities that they could live and carry out their priesthood. And so we find that it was a great blessing for Ephraim and Manasseh, and really a double portion uh, for that of Joseph, as you look at not just the blessing, that he received, that he was blessed twice because in, in, uh, in chapter 48 he was blessed and in chapter 49 he was blessed again, but also because of the boys, uh, he had a double portion that was given unto him. And, uh, and you say, well, man, what a blessing. You look at this and you go back to chapter 48 and verse 1 and you find, you know what? Joseph took his children to a place of blessing. He took them in to see Jacob. He, he didn't say, no, boys, you need to be in school. You need to be doing those important things. No, he took them to the, to the heritage of his grandfather, who was a very spiritual man, who was, had a, a faith that was very sound in the Lord Jesus Christ and trusted in the promises of God. And, and Joseph wanted that influence on his children. Uh, so therefore, he brought them in to Joseph and said, listen, or to Jacob and said, listen, I want you to be around uh, these blessings of God. Know how important it is to take our kids uh, to places where they can be blessed. And we think about that psalm that I had mentioned earlier. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, which bringeth forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf shall not wither. We find, wow, Joseph really was blessed. He was blessed in his heritage. He was blessed through his boys. Uh, he was blessed in, in, uh, in, in the fact that, uh, that, that God had given them a double portion and blessed throughout all of Egypt and, uh, and you, or Israel. And you see that even in the inheritance that they received, uh, they would represent their own tribes. You really don't hear of the tribe of Joseph, per se. Uh, you hear the tribe of Ephraim and you hear the tribe of Manasseh. And, uh, and I found that very interesting as you look at uh, those things and how Joseph was truly blessed uh, through his children. And then look with me at the end of chapter 48. And not only do we see the benediction, the boys, and the, uh, I want you to see the bestowal as well. He says, moreover, I have given to thee one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorites with my sword and with my bow. Not only did he bless him, 
because he got two blessings, but he's also, uh, and with the two boys and their, their, their ability to uh, occupy as a tribe in all of Israel, historically that played out, we find as well that uh, there was a bestowal, but there was an extra plot of land that Jacob said, listen, I with my own hand conquered this area, and I want you to have it. I want you to be blessed by it. And so he's giving him an extra portion. I don't want this to be divided amongst the brethren. I don't want uh, all you boys to fight over it. This goes specifically for you. And we find a great blessing that was given uh, to Joseph uh, be, because he was there with his father. And, uh, and what a great uh, example of all the portions that Joseph received. And he was greatly blessed uh, as we look at the, this passage and we see the, por the portion that he had been given. We see the promises that he made to his father. Lastly, I want you to see as well the uh, portrayal of Joseph. Look with me in chapter 49 and verse number 1. Chapter 49 and verse number 1. We'll not spend a lot of time here. But the Bible says, And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Gather yourselves together and hear, ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. So this is the third time they're all coming together. The first time, Joseph was called in by himself. He came in by himself. The second time, Joseph came in and he brought his two sons. And now this is the third time. It is a separate gathering where he has called in all of his sons and he's about to give them a, a blessing. And, uh, and we don't have time to go through all of them. You can look in verse 3 is Reuben's blessing. Verse 5, Simeon's. Uh, verse 8 is Judah's. And verse, uh, verse number 13 is Zebulun. Verse 14 is Issachar. Uh, 16 is Dan, and, and 19 is Gad, and 20 is Asher, and Naphtali, and 21. And then finally, in verse 22, we get to Joseph. And look what he says of Joseph. He says, Joseph is a fruitful bow. Bow. I'm not for sure how you say that word, bow, bow. Uh, but uh, it is a branch is what it means. Joseph is a fruitful bow. Even a fruitful bow by a well whose branches run over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him, but his bow abode in strength and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel." And, uh, and what a blessing as we read, uh, really, the life there of Joseph. And we see that he is, a, uh, he is a great branch. And he's calling him, hey, you've been greatly blessed as a branch that is fruitful. That's where I'm reminded of those verses in Psalms. It says that you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that shall bring forth his fruit in his season. Oh, Joseph's time wasn't always fruitful. I mean, when he was a slave, it didn't seem fruitful. When he got wrapped up in the scandal, it didn't seem very fruitful. When he ended up in prison, it certainly did not seem fruitful. But his season had not come. And now we arrive to the full time of, Jake, of Joseph's problems and Joseph's time in life that he is uh, very fruitful. And he's very productive in everything that he's doing. And God has blessed him greatly. Look in verse 23, and we see the battles. And uh, he says, the archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. And uh, uh, listen, he was certainly attacked. There's no doubt about it. You go back over his life. Uh, they noted this in the, in the, 
uh, in the lesson, he said, insects do not attack a fruitless tree. Boy, isn't that true? A tree that's not bearing fruit, the insects aren't going to bother. They ain't interested in it. You find a tree that's fruitful, you find a tree that's bearing good fruit, boy, that's the one that's going to have problems. And that's where the birds are going to be flying by and trying to pick off the things. That's where the insects are going to come because the food is rich and, uh, and they're going to try and feed off somebody that is fruitful and somebody that is doing well. But we find in verse number 24, but his bow abode in strength and the arm of his hands uh, were made strong. By, how? By the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. We see his faith and the blessings of God in his life. You go on, you can find great blessings in Joseph's life. We see his portrayal. He was superior because of his promise, his portion, and then his portrayal of how uh, Jacob certainly blessed him and said, Listen, you are a fruitful bow. Yes, you've been attacked. Yes, there have been uh, a war waged against you, but you have been blessed greatly. And God has blessed you. What an encouragement to the Christian. What an encouragement to those that are living right and desire to do right and trying to stir, serve the Lord and striving to go forward in their life. And yes, sometimes there are setbacks. Yes, sometimes there are difficulties. But hey, keep the faith because at the end, hey, there's a great blessing. There's a great encouragement for serving the Lord. I'm reminded of that old message. There's a payday someday. And uh, boy, what a, what a great thought that, hey, Joseph received his uh, blessing there at the end of his life. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for your many blessings in our life. God, I pray that you would just help us as we strive through sometimes some of the difficulties, some of the hardships. God, may we keep our, uh, as the Bible says, may we set our affections on things above and not things on this earth. God, knowing and understanding that we will go through difficulties, we will have trials, we will have hardships in this life, but God, uh, we're looking forward to the day that you'll bless us. God, maybe we won't see that day until we hit heaven, but whenever that day, God, what a blessed day that will be. What a blessing to know that we're serving you. God, I pray that you bless each and every person here this morning. Help us to live a life the way Joseph did, with faith and with uh, just being true to you through all sets of circumstances. God will thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we have a hymn of invitation. Mm -hmm.